Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I think he's their second most important player, honestly, after the quarterback. And I just don't know how you could watch what they did in the Super Bowl and not understand the significance and the impact he had. I don't think it's understating it to say he is their pass rush. And the fact that he can deliver what he does from the interior, and then also they can bump him outside when they need to, when they see a mismatch. I think he just opens up so many other things for the rest of their defense. Like we talk about Legereus Sneed being a free agent. They've been drafting cornerbacks. No offense to Legereus Sneed, he's great. I just think Chris Jones is the more irreplaceable player on that defense. Dan Graziano on Chris Jones, who could get the franchise tag. The Chiefs have a couple candidates for that. One extension, one franchise tag. Legereus Sneed, Chris Jones. Chris Jones, a second-round pick of the Chiefs a couple of years back, and he has uh, you know, turned into one of the top ten players in the NFL just about every year he's in the, on that list. Jeremy and Joe, but Joe's out today. Sal Capaccio is in and uh, chatting football with us. Josh Schmidt producing. Good morning. We'll have t- Paul Hamilton coming up at 7.30 and Sabres head coach Don Granato at 8. So uh, plenty of time to you know dig into the Sabres, state of the Sabres in a bit. But we've talked uh, plenty of football this morning, and we'll get back to that a little bit here. Sal's got his piece up at our website, uh, State of the Bills running backs. He's done quarterbacks. Up next is wide receiver, which is uh, you know music to my ears. I'm, I'm always ready for a, a wide receiver conversation, Sal. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting today. Looking at it, uh, looking at it yeah. for sure. But before that, you, you've got something you want to give me. You've got you've got oh, something juicy. I have something for you. I think this is juicy for you. You're going to love this. Yeah. All right. You I'm, ready I'm, for this? I'm okay. ready. So, Jeremy, I know how much you hate New England Patriots documentaries, and you know, yes, the the, 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 the Patriots love. Fa- I get it. I know, and yes. you know. Yes, I don't need. I'm not shy I, from telling you. I, I don't need to spend right, my free time reliving mm-hmm. that misery. Yes, okay. Totally respectable. Totally, but you also know that I have openly told you how much, and I've said it, and I will freely admit, I really liked Tom versus Time, the short docu series on Tom Brady on Facebook and him his challenges as he got older. And I also really actually liked Man in the Arena. And I know that's more along the lines of what you're saying and reliving it. But, you know, each episode telling a different you know story that went along. I did. I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, but there's one there now that's out. And I'm like, there's no way I'm watching this for the same reason as you. This is just becoming another Patriots 
you know, slobber fest basically, and just everybody just throwing their kisses at them all over the place. And, you know, it reminds me of, and it's not to the level, of course, Bill's lost four Super Bowls, I understand, but, you know, how many times during the drought do we have to be reminded of all the great things of the 90s, right? The Patriots are getting to that territory. They know everything's over, all these different things that are coming out. They have to, everybody has to remind you how great they were. I get it. But there is a new one. It's on Apple TV. It's called The Dynasty, actually. (laughs) I'm like, I am not watching this. This is going to be just all about how great they were. However, I read an article from Ben Volan this morning, and I'm like, maybe I need to watch this. Here's why. (laughs) Okay. Okay? It is amazing to me what they're doing now in New England. It just shows to show you whatever it shows you. He says that it should actually be titled Kill Bill Mm. because it is rough on the Patriots' former head coach. Let me give you an example. This is what Ben Volan writes about the documentary called The Dynasty on Apple TV about the Patriots. Ready? Danny Amendola and Rob Gronkowski dumped on Belichick for making life miserable for players. He is ripped mercilessly for Spygate and for benching Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl and for writing a love letter to Donald Trump before the 2016 presidential election. (laughs) The gloomy music that played every time Belichick's face appeared on screen was straight out of a Disney movie. And the entire 10th episode, Ben Volin writes, which debuts March 15th, is essentially dedicated to blaming Belichick for driving Brady out of Foxborough into Tampa in 2020. That is unbelievable. There is now they have gone full. Oh, yeah, we got to find someone to blame why we are not the greatest anymore. All right. This is this is uh, the most interested I've been in one of these Patriots documentaries. The only problem is, is it make Brady look good? Because I can't watch anything like that. Like, he gets enough love as it is. <laughs> I'm sure they I'm If they're sure, just making I'm him sure. look good again, I, I, I don't want to do that. I'm already trying to wow. mentally prepare myself. I don't know if you saw um, Mina Kimes, Pablo Torre, and Dan Levitard talking about whether or not Brady will be good at his new job, which is, you know, in the booth. And I don't think he will. But if he is, then that's great. Like, I'll, I will find a way to be okay with that. I have a tough time you know, taking him anywhere. But if he's going to be the national broadcaster on, you know, leading Fox and he's good at it, then I'm going to be into that. I'm going to, I'm going to have to find a way to bury the hatchet with my hate, my hatred for Brady. So, I mean, I don't, a, a documentary a, that makes him look cool. I don't need that. But if he's going to be on television as it is that I'm going to be have a, a, a much tougher time avoiding. I'm sure the documentary will make him look cool, but apparently this does not make Belichick look cool. And it really kind of, focuses on it's all Belichick's fault. In fact, it says here, when a producer asks Kraft if Brady would still be a Patriot if Belichick had left the team, Kraft replied, yes, I feel pretty strongly about that. They are totally, it is the the Krafts, Jonathan included with some quotes here, Jonathan and Bill basically saying it's, um, and Robert, I'm saying, saying it's all Bill's fault that Brady is not here anymore. Blame him, Patriots fans. Mm. That's why Ben Volin writes it should be called Kill Bill this series. That's wild. I mean, to just go in on your wow. Hall of Fame whatever coach. And, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> Will I watch it? We'll see. I gotta. I gotta get around to. There's so many things to watch. The Tiger documentary. You know, there's lots to get to. Eight oh three oh five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Sell's piece uh, coming up today. State of the Bills wide receiver. Sell, I've got a wide receiver idea of the day that's been sent to me by multiple people. We do this where we talk receivers, and 
you know, whether it's free agency or trade, people are sending in like, how, how about this guy? How about this guy? We've done Marquise Brown. Uh, who else did we do? We did T. Higgins, I think, the idea that, you know, go out and sign T. Higgins. The Bills don't exactly have room for it. So there, there are no bad ideas. We're willing to talk about all of them. And I've posted a Twitter poll on the latest one, if you want to really dig down into it, because I got a long email about the Bills making it all happen for Marvin Harrison Jr. The One of the emails comes in. This is from Tyler. I've got one from mm. Tyler, and I've got one from Jake, who wrote back in October about this idea, about Marvin Harrison Jr. So here's some of it, right? Obviously, this this year's pick, it's late 20s multiple first and or second rounders in future years, whatever it is, you'd have a new weapon immediately, a bona fide number one for potentially the rest of Allen's career. I really think spending these assets would be well worth it for a generational prospect in Harrison, especially considering some of the recent misses Bean has had in early rounds. That's the part from Jake. Tyler wrote in. He he had a full-on package for the deal. Ready for this? <laughs> mm-hmm. A first, which is kind of like a second rounder. It's almost like giving up two seconds if you do this because the Bills are picking so late. <laughs> you, mean, right? you mean a first meaning your first this year? Your first. The, the, like you're going to swap. You're going to swap yeah, you're and you're going to give up 28. You're going to give up next year's first and multiple seconds. Okay. And what you're doing is you're, okay. you're, you're planning for Diggs' replacement, but also you're having Diggs and Marvin Harrison Jr. together. Should the Bills do whatever it takes, the whole draft and another first for Marvin Harrison Jr.? I posted it at our website, or sorry, at the Twitter, my Twitter, Idea of the day. Trade the whole draft or whatever it takes for Marvin Harrison Jr. I want to let you know, Sal. I am the the captain of this train driving for receivers, and I am voting no on this. Uh, Even I am a little bit responsible with these picks. I'm very nervous about the idea of moving up too much. But would it shock you to hear that 36% earlier saying, yes, they should do it. That the Bills should go all in for that guy. Okay, there's a little bit of nuance we need to get to about this, but I want to tell you, Jeremy, you did not know this then, I guess, because Joe and I discussed this a little bit. Uh, last week, early last week, I was on a podcast with John Scott, Joe Biscalia, and Matt Perino. And John always invites a few people into the uh, Spectrum News studios to do a video, a live stream video podcast. We put it out there and he does a great job. And John always asks, it's like the third or fourth year in a row, I've done it with him. And John always says at the end, I want you to give one bold prediction, bold take for the offseason, okay? And my bold take, Jeremy White, was this is the year their bills are going to go higher in the draft, and they're going to take a wide receiver. They're going to trade up. They're going to trade it than they have over the last few years, two spots here, three spots, whatever it is, for um, Kyrie Elam, for Dalton Kincaid, a couple spots. My bold take, Jeremy, was the bills are going to do this. Now... For Marvin Harrison Jr., I love Marvin Harrison Jr. He, his dad went to Syracuse. We love Marvin we Harrison that's, Jr., right? That's Jeremy, right. Because he's, his, his dad's a Cuse guy. He came out in the, the Eric Moulds draft, and you know the 96 draft was loaded with a, a Terry Glenn, loaded with Eddie Kennison. Remember that draft? Incredible yeah. draft, 1996. Um, so I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he is sensational. It doesn't have to be Marvin Harrison Jr. for me, though. There are lots. There are some really fabulous wide receivers, which is the counterpoint to him. Hey, why why do it? You can stay there and get a guy. And I get that. But here's the reason why I say I think the Bills could very well do this this year. I I have I, I believe the Bills may have wanted Trent McDuffie and the Chiefs got him first because they traded up and they wound up getting him. So the Bills take Kyrie Elam. Okay, they like him enough. So they sit there and say, we're okay with that. We could take him. 
I believe the Bills would, would really have liked to have Jalen Phillips the year he came out. But that was a little too high of a price. They don't get him. They get Greg Rousseau, who they love, right? They love Greg Rousseau, and there's no problem with that. So the point is, there was guys they were willing to – don't need to give up the capital there. But I think they've seen around the league that, you know what, maybe – and they look look what happened. Look where McDuffie is now. And, yes, you love, obviously, Greg Rousseau. I'm not saying that yep. and Jalen Phillips is hurt, but we know Jalen Phillips is a terrific player. I, I just feel like maybe now, um, after all this, considering with 10 picks this year, they have 10 picks, they're going to have a 10th when they get their comp pick. And the fact that, you know, it they've waited a few times and it didn't get the guy they necessarily wanted, that maybe this is the year that Brandon Bean says, I'm not going to do that this year. I'm going to go get the guy I want. That doesn't have to be Marvin Harrison Jr., but I think it's possible they do that this year. How Okay, so the idea that they would trade up, to me that's not crazy. Bean does often slide, right? They he I would say that Bean is more known for, even though, you know, trade it, they are trading up, the Elam pick, the Kincaid pick, uh, Cordy Glenn, right? The, how many times, Sal, have the Bills moved up like two spots, three spots? And I know that's a trade up, right? Yep. But, but to me, that's if if you'll allow me to treat that as a slide up. What we're talking about, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. What, what we're talking about here, you think? It's, and I'm saying they would do it much differently this year and right, go right, even right. higher because that's what I mean. It's no more of a slide. You you don't think it's yeah. out of the realm of possibility for the Bills to move up to like eleven and take it if Rome Adunze right. is falling and is at. 10. You think that's in play maybe for the bill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I do. I, I, that's my bold take, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any yeah. anything. No, I'm not sourcing this. I just want everybody to know. that my, my interpretation and just my prediction of how everything has happened over the last few years and where their state of their wide receiver position is, speaking of doing that today, I, I feel that this might be the year that they have to make a bold move to go up and say, we're going to get the guy we want. We're going to go get the guy that we think is going to be best for us, and we have enough draft capital now to do it with 10 picks. It's not like because let's take a look. What did the Atlanta Falcons do? This is, to me, it reminds me of 20. 2011, Jeremy, with the Atlanta Falcons and the Cleveland Browns. The Falcons took Julio Jones sixth overall. It was a package of five draft picks. They were at 27. And they moved up. They went up to six. And they got Julio Jones. Does anyone regret that? For Atlanta and wide receivers, by the way, there are there is no guarantee. We know that for anybody. Quentin Johnson hasn't hit. Bateman really hasn't hit for the Ravens. You can go through some of these guys, but actually, if you take a look at some of the real high for uh, uh, wide receivers over the last several years, the hit rate is very very good compared to most positions. Yeah, eight hundred three hundred five fifty. We get a call in here, Paul in Buffalo. 
on a trade idea. Now, I then have a follow up of the, the, the moving up for you, Sal. Paul, good morning. Thanks for calling. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy, I, got, I have a few ideas pretty much to fill all our holes, solve our cat problem for 25 and beyond. Perfect. And <laughs> along with that trade idea. Um, so I, don't you guys think we can get a second for Diggs? No, and I wouldn't want to. No. No. Okay. I don't think they're getting a second-round pick for a soon-to-be 31-year-old wide receiver coming off a year and where he tailed off production towards the end, uh, especially considering what this for, uh, this draft is for young wide receivers and what other receivers have gone for over the last few years. I mean, no one even did anything to get DeAndre Hopkins until you know it was basically late in free agency. Uh, they couldn't find a trade partner for DeAndre Hopkins last year. Yeah, and I know they're not the same player, but no, I do not think you would get a second round pick for him. Yeah, I was thinking like the Bears with like almost seventy million available and, and Caleb Williams for you know the rookie contract they could absorb his his salary. No, I mean, I, I just don't have any interest in. I mean, on this, Paul, I don't think there's any right trade for for Diggs. If you're taking a fifth round pick, like Khalil Mack got traded for a fifth round pick because of contract. So, like, Sal, you know this. There's a there's a strange in between. To say you couldn't get a second for Diggs does not mean the league thinks he stinks. It means contracts right. and set and cap hits. And the last couple seasons, we've seen guys get, like, Khalil Mack's the one on the top of my head where he got traded for nothing because he's already under contract for big money. So, and if that's the case, if I'm rebuilding, that's a different story, but I fully expect Diggs to be productive and good, and I don't have any interest in trading him for pennies on the dollar. I think he should be on the team. Okay, but then real quick, I guess, my, that was like kind of the, the focal point of my, of my moves. Um, that's okay. What's the rest of it? I, I mean, it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to trade the 2025 first-round pick and the fourth-round pick this year uh, to get back into the top 35 and take a receiver there along with our 28th pick. Hmm. Gotcha. So, Would you take a receiver with 28 and another one, you're saying? Yeah, at like 34 yeah. for the 2025 mm-hmm. pick. Basically, so, what I wanted to do is the catch rate for Diggs, <laughs> Davis, Sherfield, and Hardy this year was 63%. The catch rate for Kincaid, Shakir, and Cook was 82%. Uh, so I wanted to swap out Diggs, Davis, Sherfield, and Hardy for 28, 34, 99, and basically Bourne or Mooney or somebody. All right. Well, the one thing about catch rate – thanks, Paul. One thing about catch rate, it's going to be different for different types of players. And Shakir and Kincaid were great for the Bills this year. Those are easy button throws. I mean, Cole. Uh, let me look up Cole Beasley's catch rate with the Bills. It's probably very high. This is something that's often been mentioned about Gabe Davis, where his catch rate was never that high because he's running so many vertical, down-the-field kind of routes. Catch rate for Beasley in his time with the Bills was 71%, which is you know really good. Um, Davis, I'll have to pull this up. I don't imagine Davis was ever high. I mean, Diggs was good until the new coordinator. Can we just can – I, can I have that, Sal, as a, as a universally accepted reality? The Diggs was a massive contributor in the offense. He was the best receiver the franchise has maybe ever had until they switched coordinators, and then it was eight weeks where things didn't really go well and playoffs. And the reality is that the passing game on the whole under Joe Brady was probably the weakest that it's been in Diggs' entire time here. That's not just Diggs. That's that's just about everybody. The passing game on the whole suffered a bit. And we'll see what Joe Brady comes back with, but... I mean, I, I, at the end yes. of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm being asked to choose between what do you think is more real? These eight games from Diggs means he's shot 
or Joe Brady was kind of just doing what he could with what he had. Some things worked and some things didn't. No doubt. I would also point out, though, he did get targeted under Joe Brady. The production wasn't there. He did get targeted. Like he had he, he had he had eight, eleven, eleven, five, eight, seven, eight. Like he it, he was still he wasn't as, as much as much as earlier where he had sixteen, twelve, twelve. He also had some sevens in there. Yep. But he was getting targeted under Joe Brady. He was. But how many of those targets were those screens? I mean, yeah, that's right. He was given targets in a way that was just like we got to get him the ball, and it almost was like yes. we got we got to try and get him the ball because we can't get it to him. <laughs> The other ways, whether that's because coverage was was stacked so far on that side, but like on catch on catch percentage in 2021, Diggs' catch percentage was lower than it was this year, and nobody was upset about that. Like catch percentage is fine; it's it, it's it's one measure. His first season here, his catch percentage, Diggs, was almost 77 percent. The following year, it was 63. So, do I want to get totally hung up on that? Not really. The fact that it's so high for Shakir and Kincaid is a good thing. And I want to get another player on the outside to replace Gabe Davis. But I just, I'm, I, I understand it. But man, I am so far away from just dumping digs because of whether it's catch percentage or if it's eight games, whatever it is. The, the, the numbers on the passing offense, Josh Allen's quarterback rating in a clean pocket with Joe Brady was not good really at any point this year. So it's it's one of the things that I'll be going to training camp with is, you know, what does Joe Brady think the future of this passing offense looks like? Because when he ran the team, things got a little better. They were a little cleaner in a lot of things they did. But they are by no means explosive and by no means, I think, the best version of what they can be. I You know how sometimes we say, oh, my God, like guys like, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever kind of skewed it for the rest of the league because of you know how good they are or, I don't know, when a guy comes in, maybe Mahomes right away because he was good, you know, his first year as a starter at least. I think in a lot of ways Justin Jefferson has done that and a couple of wide receivers that have come along, which is you get people who say like, well, just trade digs and draft one in the first round. And I'll be the first to tell you, yes, the, the hit rate is good for wide receivers early. It's a, There's no guarantee. And, and I think about this and say, yeah, that'd be great. I It'd be an incredibly great scenario for the Bills to have like two guys come in on rookie contracts that you know, you know what, we are set now for the next few years. The reality is, though, you have no idea if that's going to happen, if those guys are going to be good, if they're not going to be good, how they're going to take to the NFL, all that kind of stuff. And you have a guy in Stefan Diggs that then it comes down to what do you feel like he still is? And if you believe he can still play, as you do, as Brandon Bean apparently does by him saying, I still believe he's a number one wide receiver. Then if you make those moves, you could actually be setting yourself even further back at wide receiver because now you better hope that that guy does hit. And I got it. I, I, I want it too, Jeremy. I want the wide receiver trade. I'm on it. Go draft him. But I don't need to do it necessarily at the expense of having Stephon Diggs on this team. No. I'm probably going to lose Gabe Davis as well. Right. I, I've got no interest in that. And the other thing I would ask you, Sal, is, I mean, Allen said we're going to do big things together next year. Do you think that's – Josh Allen lip service, or do you think that is that's that's what he thinks? Like we're going to get this thing back on track next year. I think that's what he thinks. I would probably venture to guess, though, that Josh Allen has no control nor knows what is actually going to happen with Stephon Diggs. No, you made a, a comment last week. I was listening. You said if Josh Allen says I want him back, he's back, or something like that. Right? Yes, is that I, what, I, what, I believe that. If Allen says I want him here, then he's here. 
I, I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think he – because what if he says, I want Gabe Davis back? I mean, like he may say that too. And Brandon Bean's going to say, I can't afford it, Josh. I'm sorry. We're well, gonna, we just can't do that. The difference is that one guy requires a new contract and the other guy is just under contract. Like, Davis leaving is to be expected and foreseen. The idea that you would dump Diggs would mean you're you're basically setting Josh Allen's receiver room to zero with Shakir. And right. that would be – I mean, if the Bills were to do that – the moment they do it, the, the 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 entire conversation is about like, what are you doing to Josh Allen here? How could you leave this player with such a horribly inept room? We'd have to wait until the free agency, until the draft. But the cap hit all of it. It just it seems like I don't know. It seems like a total mess. And I feel like if Allen no, no, w- uh, wants right. him back, he, he's going to get him back. Well, I would say it this way. To me, it's more of as long as Josh Allen doesn't want him gone. Then you know what I mean. Like if Josh Allen's like, I can't play with this guy anymore. Then I do think that they would be like, okay, we got to figure this out, and what can we do? I don't think it's as easy as it, because I, 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 Josh Allen doesn't control it. If Stefan Diggs, which we don't know this, and there's always been talk about this, I don't mean to rehash it or bring it up or have a guy in Buffalo talking on the radio about Stefan Diggs leaving, but let's just say he really did. He didn't want to be here anymore. If he really made it known to the Bills and said do that, I don't think it really matters what Josh Allen feels. They're, they may say, well, we'd love to have him for Josh, but we got to figure out this situation, and that's between Stefan Diggs and the organization. 803-0550, Paul Hamilton. Recap the Sabres game. We got to talk about this. Uh, this the results of this Twitter poll sale. I'm I, I'll admit I'm surprised that uh, it's a full 37 percent saying trade it all for Marvin Harrison Jr. But it's <laughs> but but what it speaks to is the desire to get Josh Allen's next window. You talked about this a little earlier. Windows yeah. in dynasties and little mini whatever timelines within the big timeline. The next timeline is finding the next wide receiver for Josh Allen. And that, to me, is something that people are very much keyed in on, and with good reason. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Paul Hamilton on the other side. Don Granado, top of the hour. Jeremy and Sal talking plenty of bills today with you as uh, the free agency tag window, the fr- franchise tag window, I should say, opens today. We'll keep you updated on who gets tagged throughout the morning if news comes down. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.